The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, own Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, you're diagnosed, it's not just you. Of course, it can feel isolating and you're the one injecting and you're the one checking the blood sugars and this kind of thing. But when I was diagnosed, it's kind of like my parents were diagnosed in a certain sense. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulon podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Insulone Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I know it's always a pleasure for myself and Graham for you to be here. Mm-hmm. And I hope it's a pleasure for you to be here. The mm-hmm. three of us are going to have a nice conversation today, Graham. What do you think? Damn right, Owen. You look very comfortable in your beautiful office chair. You've got your hood up, you've got headphones on, and you are ready to give us some more knowledge about type 1 diabetes. But in general, we were chatting last week. How has your week been since we last had a chat? Yeah, it's been good. The weather has been nice, which has been good. And to keep it related to diabetes, I went kayaking on during the weekend. Can't remember what day. I think it was Saturday. I went kayaking in Kerry. <gasps> so that's obviously a beautiful part of Ireland for who for whoever doesn't know. But I was out there for like three hours. Can I say something about kayaking? Yeah. Kayaking seems now you might have a different experience. Kayaking seems like a great idea at the time. And you see people <laughs> kayaking, you go, that is so much fun. And they go up to the person and you say, oh, can I go kayaking? And you're all excited because you're on your holidays. And they go, yeah, would you like to go for half an hour? Would you like to go for an hour? Would you go, half an hour? We'll, we'll do the hour. And then you pay the money and then you're out there kayaking. And after five or 10 minutes, your hips are killing you and your arms are killing you. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, oh, Jesus, did I pay for the hour? I suppose I better stay for the hour if I paid for it. Now, that's just my experience. But because I was kayaking in the Malaysian rainforest two years ago for about five to six hours. So I'm scared from oh, kayaking. Okay. I'd like to know your experience. Yeah, well, there's similarities for sure. But it, it's funny that you say that because... We had booked and then we like had the wetsuits on, had the life jackets on, paddles in hand, pretty much ready to go. And then I just double checked with the instructor and I was like, how, how long are we actually going to be out here for? And he goes, uh, until 9 p.m. And this was 6 p.m. So it was three hours. 
really good but that same thing you had of like well i was expecting maybe an hour an hour and a half and it was three hours yeah and it's such a good workout in itself because you're pumping with the paddle but it got to a stage where my lower back was pretty sore Mm. um but yeah really good really nice experience we kind of like we're kayaking into caves going in backwards and all it's kind of scary like it's just not a comfortable thing to sit in for an extended period of time though is it absolutely not they weren't made for comfort (laughs) (laughs) but to keep it as i said related to diabetes because it was longer than i expected it to be i knew that it was probably gonna get to a stage where i was paddling for hours at that stage so therefore my body's moving i'm using up the energy in my system which may be leading to my bloods moving lower of course now as well as that, I was in a kayak, in a harbor, and then like out into the open sea. So there's going to be waves and this kind of thing. So I knew I'd be soaking, hence the life jacket and the wetsuit. So I didn't bring my phone. And my Dexcom is obviously on my phone. My Dexcom sensor gets the readings to my phone. That's how I check my blood sugar. And I didn't have my finger pricker. Ooh. So I was like, mm, okay, right, this is going to be three hours. And look, we all know I like to be as prepared as possible. But going onto the kayak, I didn't have my phone. I didn't have my blood checker. So I was like, okay, here we go. Three hours clued into how I feel. I'm going to really be like, okay, I'm feeling low blood sugar. I'm feeling a high blood sugar. But it sounds great in theory. But when I was in the kayak about an hour and a half in, we just kept going further and further and further out into the sea and kind of like around the cliffs. And it was spectacular yeah, yeah. scenery. It's amazing. But the further we went, the more my anxiety grew of, is my blood sugar going to drop? Am I going to be trapped out here in the, mid- the middle of the sea with my blood sugar plummeting? Did you have your insulin with you and glucose tablets with you? Did you have at least that with you? Well, so I didn't bring my insulin because I knew I wasn't, I wasn't going to be injecting insulin out there because I would always prefer my bloods to be slightly higher than lower in that sort of situation. Gotcha. But I yeah. did bring two packets of glucose tablets and two um, glucose shot drinks. So deep down, I knew that I would be fine. But because I was out so far in a kayak, there was pretty much nobody else around apart from like the four or five boats, including the instructor that we were with. And because, because my hypo anxiety was like growing and growing and growing and growing, I was mm. trying to keep it together because I knew that I was going to be fine. I knew I had enough to keep me safe. But as I said, the further we went out, the more I started imagining if my blood sugar dropped, if I didn't have enough, what would happen? And I was like in my head going through these different scenarios of how I would get out of a situation if my blood sugar had plummeted. And I was in a kayak in the middle of the sea. Yeah. And I was I was, I was imagining like having to be airlifted out and <laughs> speedboats coming out with glucose tablets and all this kind of thing to save me. Now, thankfully, I was fine because, I, again, I said, I definitely made sure I had enough glucose for the trip. But just because I didn't have anything to physically check my bloods, that played on my mind slightly more. So it was a perfect example of, that hypo anxiety that we always yeah. talk about. 
Yeah, it's crazy, even though I'm sure on the outside you were pure calm and not letting on to anyone that you were fine. But inside it was going a million miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, everyone's like, Owen, oh, how's things? Like, you doing all right? You enjoying yourself? Oh, yeah, yeah this is spot so, on, 100%. So beautiful. Freaking inside. <laughs> I've never been more relaxed in my whole life. <laughs> the beautiful yeah, Atlantic exactly. Ocean. Yeah. Uh, let's go on to this week's topic. How things have changed once you have been diagnosed. And I know a lot of people who listen to this just from reading emails on who've been recently diagnosed and they're out there looking for information. They find the podcast and people close to them, partners, brothers, sisters, parents, listen to the podcast as well. But from your experience, let's get into how your life changed once you were diagnosed. Yeah, so obviously being diagnosed with type 1 is a life-changing event or a life-changing scenario or thing to happen to you in your life. And we all know that inevitably a lot of things are going to change physically and mentally, emotionally. But what are those things exactly? And of course, we'll all react and respond in different ways and take different things from our diagnosis. But I just wanted to outline basically what are examples of things that can potentially change in your life? So what are things that changed for me emotionally, physically, psychologically, whatever it might be, so that if you are a boyfriend, girlfriend, parent, family member, friend, or a newly diagnosed yourself, you have a bit of an idea of what might occur. What yeah. could you potentially expect? Now, I just want to point, point out first that each, let's call them heading that I'll outline they can seem negative. And obviously, when things change with getting diagnosed with diabetes, it's pretty common that they will seem very negative. Any change will seem negative because it's like, oh my God, I've been diagnosed with this, this condition. And it's, of course, they seem negative. And if you're listening to it, it might seem like a lot can change quite quickly. But at the end of each point, I'm also going to outline and highlight how it can be viewed as a positive so like i always say on this podcast of course there are negatives with diabetes but they don't have to just be negatives and it's important that we are able to focus on the positives that come with the negatives so don't yeah. think oh my god there's so there's so many things that are changing there is a lot that will change. There is a lot that did change and is changing for me, but there's always a positive. Well, let's it. jump into it. What's the first point? So the first one, and I don't want to get too conceptual with this, but it's almost like I developed a new consciousness. Okay, and what I mean by that is like, if we're talking to ourselves, diabetic or not, in our own head, we will have conversations with ourselves like, oh, what do I need to do for the day? What's on the calendar? You have different thoughts about friends, family, what you're doing for the whatever it might be. And I feel as if since getting type one, it's almost like you have two of those, one regular, one diabetic. And it's like, because on average, a type 1 diabetic has an additional 180 to 320 decisions to make each day, you it's almost like a different part of your brain is, is being used as well as your typical consciousness. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Absolutely. makes sense to me as a diabetic, but I'm, I'm hoping it makes sense to you, Graham. It's just a different thought process as well, is, is kind of what you're explaining. So you have your regular thought process, oh, I'll go out for dinner tonight. But now you're diagnosed, it's, oh, I'll go out for dinner tonight. What will I have? What time will it be at? How do I prepare for the rest of the day leading up to the dinner? What will I do afterwards? That kind of sense, is that what you were saying? Yeah, it's almost like when you're diagnosed, it kind of unlocks this gate into a massive field of daily decisions that need to be considered. Yeah. And if you don't have diabetes, that gate just stays locked because it's completely irrelevant to your life. And you're almost oblivious and unaware of it. Whereas when that gate's opened, it's like, oh my God, blood sugar, highs, lows, how foods affect me, stress, sleep, lack of water, all these kind of things. So it feels as if I've developed a new consciousness to consider as long or as well as my regular one. Now, when you initially say that, I'm thinking, oh God, that seems like so much more stress in my life, so much more things to think about. But you did say that at the end of these is going to be a positive. So what's the positive twist on that that you found? So the positive that I take from that is it has just led me to be so much more self-aware. And I just have a much greater sense of self-awareness to know that all these different things can affect me somehow, subconsciously or consciously. But because you have these 180 or 320 decisions to make each day, on top of the normal decisions that people make, it's really made me a lot more clued into things that I wouldn't necessarily be clued into if I hadn't been diagnosed with diabetes. And I think being self-aware is a massively positive thing to have in your life. Do you think being self-aware makes you a better person? Yes, because it definitely makes you more empathetic towards other people too. That's the one thing I've picked up from a lot of your guests, Owen, is empathy. Because you understand what another diabetic is going through, you can also understand that even someone else who might have diabetes might be struggling with something you can't see as well, like inside their head or they might be battling something because you understand what it's like to be battling something every day. So that's definitely one thing I've picked up on from listening to the guests on the podcast. What would be another one on? Let's go to a, another heading. So the next one would be is that, well, something that I love a lot is exercise. And something that has changed for me is now exercise is a lot more than just exercise. So much like the diabetes triangle that we've spoken about before, where it's your medication, let's say your insulin, food, exercise. And with exercise and type 1 diabetes, you can quickly realize how exercise is essentially another form of medication. And you have a much more heightened sense of that when you have type 1. And I really, really noticed that because for two main reasons. When I exercise, I can almost instantly differentiate between the days that I have exercised or the days that I haven't exercised as much because I will notice that in my blood so much more. I'll notice that my bloods are probably going to be 
that bit higher or more stubborn if I have a high, if I haven't exercised. Whereas if I have, things will just seem to fall in place a lot easier mm-hmm. because it can almost instantly affect your insulin sensitivity. And a high insulin sensitivity is a good thing to have, and it certainly makes things easier to manage. And the second one is the fact that when I exercise, and I'm going to keep it specifically to me because it's from my own perspective, when I exercise, I'm in a better mood. If I go out for a run, if I go to the gym, relieve some stress, release some endorphins, I just feel better. And when I feel better or when I'm in a better mood or not fed up or tired or lethargic, diabetes itself is just easier to manage physically, mentally, emotionally. So exercise is another form of medication, not just exercise. That can seem like a bit of a negative because there's so many different things to consider with exercise and blood sugar. But again, to go back to flipping whatever these negatives might be into a positive is that it is now more of an incentive for me to consistently exercise. So I, I kind of now know that I have to exercise. So because I have that incentive for me to consistently and regularly exercise, that's a positive. As complicated as it can seem, that added incentive of please exercise more is, is a positive. I know you work with a lot of clients. Would you say that some people that you've worked with are probably more healthy in their lives once they became diabetic because they realized the positive impact exercise would have on their diabetes. Yeah, 100%. And like most things, people, like I said earlier, people can react differently at different times with whatever it is they're going through. But I have never spoken to a diabetic. Now, there might be someone, but me personally, I've never spoken to a diabetic who has not positively benefited consistently through exercise. It's just, it's such a massive part of it. What do you have next? Next one is, I look at food differently. Now, this can be a negative or seem like a negative because sometimes it can be difficult to enjoy food as much as you would have prior to diagnosis. Because as we know, food primarily is what impacts our blood sugar at such a a rapid rate. So because we're aware of that, it can sometimes be daunting eating eating certain types of meals or just preparing different types of foods or even snacking as much as you would typically. And that can seem like a negative. So I almost will get a plate of food. And it was Austin first that that used this phrase with me back on the early days of the podcast. But he said, and he's absolutely spot on. I couldn't agree with it more. Austin says that he looks at a plate of food and sees numbers. <laughs> and yeah, I remember that. I'm exactly that way too. Because if I sit down to dinner or I prepare dinner, I likely see carbs, fats, proteins, fiber, and then the numbers of the grams that might be there. Because you have to consider how much insulin do I need? How is this going to affect my blood sugar? When should I see a spike? Yada, yada, yada. All these different things. 
And that can seem like a negative because much like the exercise, there are all these different things to consider. But the positive that I personally take from it and the positive that so many other people that I've spoken to can take from it is the fact that it makes you so much more aware of the food that you're eating and it makes you so much more aware of understanding the positive impacts of certain types of food. So if I can see my blood sugar like spiking up to the roof from X, Y, and Z, I know that, okay, this food affects my blood sugar in this way. If I wasn't diabetic, I wouldn't have known that. Now, it's not critical that you do know that anyway if you're, if you're not a diabetic. But a simple example of being aware of how certain food can affect your blood sugar then can lead you to be more aware of how fruits and vegetables benefit you, your energy, your mood, all these different things. Then you can look more into water. Then you can look more into maybe eating more protein if you're going to the gym, these kind of things. It just, it really kind of heightens your senses of what is the food I'm eating doing to my body, doing to my head, doing to my health. And I don't think I would have that same awareness of food and the understanding that I do of it if I wasn't type one. Yeah, a lot lot of positives, definitely in that one, especially when it comes to food. And moving on, do you have any more? Yeah, so I have a few more that I can think of off the top of my head. And one of them that I noticed, I didn't really notice it straight away. You wouldn't, it didn't jump out at me as quickly as exercise and food and these kind of things. But I have different concerns about the future. So most people will have some concern about the future, like their job, money, finances, family, marriage, house, overall happiness, whatever it is. They're kind of normal things that don't worry us, but are circulating in our thought process. Yeah, when in, the, we're, in the back of the head. Yeah, when we're getting head. older, these are yeah. obviously things that we, we need to consider. And I suppose going back to how you kind of have that different consciousness with decisions you now, well, I now have different concerns for the future. And what I mean by that is I now, not that I overly worry, but I can have concerns of my health. Will I have complications? Is there any damage already done based on my management up to this point? And these obviously aren't things that you would necessarily worry about, Graham, but because I'm obviously living with type 1 diabetes, these are things inevitably that I have to bear in mind. And that's something that I didn't really anticipate when I was first diagnosed because you, of course, you think about the long term and how your life will change and these kind of things. But it's only when I've kind of been sitting with my diabetes alone over time, it can sink in that, whoa, this really is until I die. and. There's a client that I always speak with and he, he lays this out perfectly. And he, what does he say? He Basically, he is somebody who works well with weekly goals. And he's always been like that, even with school and college and these kind of things, because he likes something to keep him on track consistently. And he says he really struggled with his diabetes over the years because of how much of a long game it is. And it's like, there's no reward at the end. 
I don't want to sound too morbid about it, but it's no, like but no. This is this is very interesting. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, the psyche of someone with diabetes. Yeah, because I, I like this is alien to me to even have to think about this because I'm lucky enough to have nothing seriously wrong with me. So something like this is like fascinating to hear. Yeah, so it's like he and I. I couldn't agree with him more, but he says it's like a continuous assessment without any exam at the end. And it's like, there's no finish line to it. It's like, you have to always take care of your diabetes because you have to, you have to do it. It's for your health. It's, it's important, but there's no medal at the end. There's no proof of that. You've done this well, apart from avoiding complications or living a longer life. Do you get me? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes no, sense perfectly no, no, in my it head. Does, it does. It okay. does. But I've, I've got a question and excuse me if this is a bit too morbid, but you were saying there how you look to the future and you worry about health complications and until the day you die, do you see yourself in long time in the future now, obviously, do mm. you see yourself dying with complications from diabetes in your head with your worries or does that come into your head? Absolutely not. And I'll tell you why it doesn't for me personally and I touched on this in the A1C episode, is that I don't treat the long-term complications as just long-term complications. And what I mean by that is if we look at something long-term, sometimes that can prevent us from dealing with something short-term. And the way I put it and to myself all the time and how I've put it in the podcast before is that, of course, this is the long term. Of course, diabetes is a long game. I know firsthand. But our long game is determined by what we're doing right now. What I'm doing right now, during this podcast, after this podcast, tomorrow, next week, next month. That's what determines my long term health. Not what I do in 10 years, what I do in 15 years. Of course, that's important. But 10 years and 15 years is still only going to be that present moment of you looking after your blood sugar, of me looking after my diabetes. We're getting very conceptual, but I no, hope that good. makes sense. No, 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 it's good. Okay. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I suppose so, we've probably touched on negatives and positives kind of in all of that. But I presume taken from what you just said there, the positive is you are living in the present and even 10 to 15 years down the line, you're preparing for that today. Someday that will be today. Of course. And that's and, and you are living in the present and you're more kind of conscious of the decisions you're making. Yeah, exactly. It's diabetes and managing your blood sugar has a a strange ability to keep you in the moment because your blood sugar is always reacting to what you're doing or what, or what you're not doing, like subconsciously or consciously, or just bodily responses, whatever it might be. That keeps you here and now. And ironically, it keeps you here and now, but you also still need to anticipate the future, as in two, three, four, five hours, because what you're doing now can impact how your blood sugar reacts down the line yeah. As in those three, four, five hours. So no. I see that as a positive because me being in a present moment for me personally is a positive thing because I don't want things to just pass on by. Now, that was very interesting, especially for someone like me, because we can come on here and I'm, I'm sure there's people who are listening to this who 
are connected with people with diabetes and they don't have diabetes. But it's interesting because we can come on here and we laugh and joke and we tell stories and you were talking about kayaking. But sometimes it's easy for me to just forget that it is actually a serious health condition. But when looked after properly, it can you can really get on top of it. But it's kind of, it's easy for someone just to kind of forget about, oh, it's diabetes. You know, it's, that's fine. You inject yourself. But there mm. can be serious health complications if you don't look after it properly. Well, that's it. And you're hitting the nail on the head there. And that's what I want to get across in this podcast. And you said it yourself, Graham, as much as we joke and tell stories and make light of it when necessary, it is very, very serious. Mm-hmm. But it's important that you're able to look at the light side as well as the serious side. That's that's what I want to get across. Okay, let's go for two more on. Two more what do okay. you got? <laughs> Two more. Okay, so <laughs> this is one that you'll probably notice the day of diagnosis, and I certainly did, and still to this day, is that your family and friends will almost constantly be concerned of your well-being. Now, that is a good thing because it comes from a place of love. And it's always the questions of, can you eat that? Is there too much sugar in that? Like, are you able to eat that as a diabetic? Or I didn't put too much sugar in it. I knew you were coming over today or whatever it might be. (laughs) Those kind of things. Jesus, the diabetic's coming over later on. Hold back on the sugar. (laughs) Yeah. One of my aunties, particularly, we were my cousins on that side, like we're brother and sisters and that kind of thing. So we're over there a good bit. As long as I have been diabetic, and she knows that, look, essentially I can eat anything. Still, there's questions of, oh, can you eat that? Or like if she's putting a bit of ice cream on your plate or whatever it might be, it's, oh, are you sure you can have that? So it can get frustrating when you hear it from friends and family constantly. But again, it comes from a good place. And I think what's important to realize, again, from my own experience is that the more the more that my family, particularly my parents, because they're my parents, and over the years, like when you're diagnosed, it's not just you. Of course, it can feel isolating and you're the one injecting and you're the one checking your blood sugars and this kind of thing. But your, your family are in it with you too. And when I was diagnosed, it's kind of like my parents were diagnosed in a certain sense because it's more worry for them now as parents. I'm not just their son. I'm their son who also has to worry about (laughs) blood sugar and this kind of thing. And I felt that because it wasn't just me and I knew that my parents and my loved ones and friends would obviously worry about it as they, as they do, the more that they know, I know about diabetes, the more at ease I know they'll be. So if I am confident of my management and I really take the initiative to look after myself as best I can, the knock-on effect of that is that it kind of takes a bit of the weight off my parents or my friends or my family's shoulders because it's like, okay, he has it. He knows what he's doing. I don't have to worry too much. Is that one of the reasons you set up the podcast, just to relieve your parents? <laughs> yeah. I've got a but, podcast now. You don't have to worry about me. It's all good. Of course. And my parents li- listen to the podcast every week and they love it. And they say 
like when I initially started it, obviously we've spoken about diabetes over the years and I don't think they quite understood the depth of the complexity involved with it until the podcast started. Because I know they're listening to me speak right now, but I'm not actually speaking to them. So I, I can say more to you through the podcast. We have more time, loads more about the guests and that, that kind of thing. But I suppose the positive side, I don't really know where I'm going with this one, but the positive side of no, that. No, I think, I, the, I think you've made your points. In that basically, the positive, the, positive, the positive side that I'm taking from that is the fact that I have a heightened appreciation for my own health and I have a heightened appreciation for my family and friends' health. And also, you realize that there are a lot of people that love you, that kind of thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I love you. I love you, Graham. I love you I'm so much. I'm in love with you, Graham. <laughs> We're past the half hour. <laughs> Will we, can you squeeze in one more before yeah, we go? We can squeeze one. I know. Okay, it. what'd you get? What'd you get? What'd you okay. get? What'd you get? So, this one I feel is another kind of conceptual one, but we'll go with the conceptual theme of, of the episode. <laughs> but basically, Let's call this one conception. No, <laughs> yeah. no, we won't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, let's no. not call it that. <laughs> um, so I suppose because I was diagnosed at 19, I had that, I had, I had that belief of I'm fit, I'm healthy, I'm 19, I'm invincible. And when I was diagnosed, I quite quickly realized how fragile my health actually is. Like I've always played sport. I've always kept healthy. I've always tried to eat relatively good food and look after myself, but still I got type one diabetes and you can easily have, or you can often have that thought or just that feeling of, ah, it'll never happen to me. Like it'll only happen to someone else out there. Somebody else will get sick. Somebody else will get hit by a car. Somebody else, whatever it is. We all have a bit of that feeling of it won't happen to me it'll happen to someone else but despite the fact as i said i was looking after myself fit healthy 19 quote unquote invincible still got type 1 now because i came to the sudden realization that it won't just happen to someone else again that makes me appreciate what is here and now and you as I said, realize how fragile your health is. So you appreciate the health that you do have. And the way that you can view that in a positive light of it would only happen to someone else mentality. You can look at that in terms of good things happening too. So not that I'm saying I'm going to win the lottery or anything like that, but as in you can view it in a similar sort of light of well, if that person did something, it doesn't have to just be them. Why can't it be me? Why can't yeah. I do something like that? Why can't I set up a podcast? Why can't I become a diabetic personal trainer? Whatever it might be. If you're listening right now and there's something that you think you might not be able to do, you might not be able to do it, but you might absolutely be able to do it. And sometimes you can convince yourself that you can't before you even try. I think 
we will finish because some great nuggets of wisdom from your own personal experience own in there and I'm sure that has helped someone who's been recently diagnosed someone who knows somebody or maybe someone who has been diagnosed for years and is just looking back and having a little think for themselves own thank you as always thank you Graham always a pleasure thank you listener always a pleasure love your time appreciate your time and your ears and if you want to sign up for an email list for more tips and tricks updates stories and info relating to diabetes you can link or you can find the link in the description of this podcast episode free email list i bang them out every now and then go straight to your inbox and it's again more of a chat like we had today so appreciate your time have a good week have a good day look after those bloods peace and love